Hi, Annabelle. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Kevin. It's great to be here. Uh, well, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. And the work that we're going to talk about today, The Joyce Girl, um, you have since become quite the novelist, but Joyce Girl was your first work. So tell yes. us a little bit about your yourself and your writing career. Well, I'm based in London and I used to have a normal job. I actually worked in tech for about 15 years. I launched Apple in the UK. That's <laughs> giving away my age there. And uh, after about 15, so after 15 years, I had four small children and the, the travel, the job was just getting too much. So I decided to stop work and I went to art school to train to be a photographer. I thought I was going to be a photographer, but I turned out to be a very, uh, a very bad photographer. Absolutely hopeless. But while I was, um, while I was retraining to be a very bad photographer, I stumbled across the story of Lucia Joyce, who was the, uh, the daughter of James Joyce. And initially, I was just intrigued. I had studied Joyce at university and I had no idea he had a daughter, uh, which of course is the, the big mystery of Lucia Joyce. No one knew she existed. And at first, I just wanted to know more about her. I had quite a lot of questions. I wanted to know what it was like to uh, be a, a dancer in 1920s Paris, what it was like to have a, a father who was a, a really scandalous writer whose work had been banned, who was in the middle of this court case for obscenity. I kept thinking, what was that like? What was that like? And anyway, I googled, as you do, I googled and found that there was a biography of Lucia Joyce. So I was very excited. I ordered the biography and it arrived on my doorstep, 600 pages. And I thought, this is fantastic. It's going to answer all my questions. And I was just going on holiday with my, with my family. So I took it with me and I read the whole book. And at the end of the holiday, I really felt as though I still knew nothing about, about Lucia Joyce. And uh, I had never really written anything. I certainly hadn't written a book or anything creative. I'd just written a few, you know, uh, reports in my job. Uh, but I decided that I would try and um, give her a voice by writing a book. I, I didn't even think I'd get it published. You know, I just thought, I'm just going to write this, see where it goes. And so I spent three years researching and traveling to all of the countries that she had lived in, the 120 different houses you know, sort of traipsed between them all with all my kids in tow, <laughs> which wasn't really their idea of a great holiday, but, you know, I was on a mission by then. <laughs> and sort of bit by bit, I started to think the word probably is build a book. I didn't, I didn't think it, I can describe it as writing. I started to build it, put it together block by block. And eventually I, I ended up with a, with a novel. And um, I, um, the, the quick story about that is I just thought, well, I've got this novel, what should I do with it? I thought, oh, I'll enter competitions. I, you know, I found out now there were lots of writing competitions, so I sent it into a few writing competitions, and um, and I got shortlisted for several. I got longlisted, and I won one. So I thought, oh, I sort of, I was, so I wasn't expecting to be a, a writer, but from that moment, I, I obviously became a writer, and of course, that's all thanks to Lucia Joyce, and the mission that I felt she had sent me on. Uh, so that was how I became. Uh, how I went from from being working in tech to being a historical novelist, uh, but the the story of Lucia really, uh, I think it, it really gripped me. You know, she got under my skin, and I felt that I it was something I just felt I had to do. I'd, I'd never had that feeling before, but I had to try and and give her this life that she had been denied, because um, in her story, her story is quite a, it's quite a sad story, and. Uh, she had this very illustrious career at the beginning. She was 
forecast to overtake her, her father in terms of fame and celebrity. She was a great dancer. She had been on dance tours of Italy and Belgium, dancing on all these Paris stages. And yet, of course, she spent the last 50 years of her life in a mental asylum in England, where she knew absolutely no one. And, you know, she died in this same mental asylum with no friends near her, no family, and completely forgotten. No one knew she was there. And in fact, she was only really uncovered by someone who, a writer who went to this asylum to interview the woman who had tried to shoot Mussolini. But the woman who tried to shoot Mussolini was in the same asylum as Lucia Joyce. And while this author was there, she discovered Lucia Joyce was in the same you know, place. And then shortly after that, Lucia died. So, so quite by accident. Yeah, quite by accident. So she was completely forgotten. And, and that also I thought was, um, I don't know, I thought it was rather shocking and rather sad, uh, given, given that all the men in her life had, had had these genuinely illustrious careers. So, you know, James Joyce was the great modernist writer. He's on every university syllabus. Carl Jung, the uh, psychoanalyst who, she was in analysis with him for four months. You know, he is now one of the sort of great uh, historical psychoanalysis pioneers along with Freud. She'd had affairs with Samuel Beckett, who of course now is considered to be one of the great playwrights ever. And also Alexander Calder, who was her drawing teacher and of course is a great revered sculptor. So every man in her life had had this you know, fantastic career and she had ended up completely forgotten in this funny little uh, English mental asylum. And that, that juxtaposition, I thought, was, um, was uh, it, it just a weight on my mind. You know, how, how, can, how can that have happened? So, so that's why I talk about it's building a book because there's a lot of different bits that I was exploring and then trying to put it um, all together. Um, and, and eventually, of course, it turned into uh, a book that was uh, dramatic in many ways that I hadn't expected. She didn't know, for example, that her parents weren't married. They'd kept that secret all the time. And now to us today, you know, two people having a family you know, out of wedlock, that's completely normal. Um, but back then, and particularly if you come from sort of Catholic Ireland, that was really, really shocking. She was illegitimate, which meant that she could not inherit anything. And, uh, you know, when, when she's put away in the, in the asylum, she, from the minute, uh, I won't reveal who put her into the asylum because that would be a, a bit of a spoiler. But from the minute that person signed that form after her breakdown, you know, she lost all her freedom and all her autonomy for the rest of her life. And again, you know, these things are, we can't really imagine that happening now. It's, it's so shocking. But then actually it was quite normal. You know, she certainly wasn't the only woman who was being, who was being locked up against her will for, for having a breakdown, really. So there were lots of uh, elements in the story. Uh, I became very interested by um, Samuel Beckett and the way that he had written about her in a very obscure way. You know, he was buried into one of his books. I became fascinated by the way that actually Joyce had written about Lucia all the way through Finnegan's Wake. Finnegan's Wake was the last book he wrote. It took him 17 years to write. And I have to be honest, it's, it's virtually illegible. I mean, it's a very difficult book. It's impossible to read, really. Uh, and if you, but I, I did read it, I read it twice. That took me about a year. And uh, she, I felt that she was all the way through his book. He talks a lot about dancers and dancing and uh, madness. And much later on, someone said to uh, 
uh, Lucia, you know, are you, are you in, are you in your dad's book? So we think, are you there? And she said, yes, whenever he talks about love, madness, love, madness or dance, that's about me. So she really believed that she was, you know, she, she really believed she was in that book. And, um, and in fact, several Joyce scholars also think she's in that book, but she never got any credit for that. You know, there's no, if you go to the, the back of um, Finnegan's Wake, there's no, no page saying, thank you to this person, thank you to that person, thank you to my daughter, you know, nothing. <laughs> so, uh, so she was completely wiped out. And then after, after Joyce, Joyce died after she'd been locked up perhaps for uh, two or three years, he died in the, in the middle of the um, second, world, or just the beginning of the second world war. And after he died, um, there was literally systematic destruction of Lucia's letters, her diaries, uh, she'd written a novel that was, that was completely destroyed too. Carl Jung destroyed all his notes. She saw lots and lots of doctors and psychiatrists, all of her medical notes had gone. So everything, everything was destroyed, including letters about her. So there were, there were, you know, there were indications that Joyce had written about her quite often in his letters, and those letters too had been destroyed. So it was almost as if uh, there was a feeling that her madness, her, her breakdown, they called it madness, they called it insanity actually. I think nowadays we'd just call it sort of um, a breakdown really. There was this sense that her mental health would taint his great reputation. And for that, she was silenced. So my mission really was to unsilence her and, and give, her, give her a platform to, to talk from. Although of course she's, she's sort of my version because I had so little material. You know, I, I used to lie awake all night, every night thinking, well, what was she really like? Because there was nothing, there was nothing there. Normally, if you write a book like this, you know, uh, people leave accounts of people or there are letters describing them. So I had a few photographs, but I had very little I could get my teeth into because it had all gone. Well, this sounds especially challenging because typically when you would write any kind of biography, you have some kind of sources to draw on. And it also sounds challenging from the perspective of being a novel because typically, you know, you create a fictional character, you can do whatever you want with them, and you can move them around to different historical events or different historical eras. But you're kind of stuck in this position where you're dealing with a real person, uh, but you also don't have a lot of real information about them. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was challenging. She was the most, even though she's the main character, and it's written in the first person, she was the character that I really found uh, most difficult to write. Whereas the other characters, you know, Beckett and Joyce, and even Joyce's wife, Nora, you know, Nora has a fantastic biography. So, so all of the other characters, Carl Jung, they all have amazing biographies. People leave lots of accounts of them, lots of letters describing everything, you know, all the letters about Carl Jung, you, you know, you couldn't believe the amount of detail there. So you, it's quite easy to get a, a really clear picture of them. But Lucia, who, who should have really been easiest, was, was the most difficult for me to sort of to get inside. Um, and I'm, I'm still, even now, I still, I still, I'm still not sure I've got it right. But at the end, I had to say, okay, this is, this is my version. So in the end, I think in that scenario, you, you know, you put, quite a lot of your, you put quite a lot of yourself in because that's all you know, really. Um, but the other characters were all based very, very uh, heavily on all the biographies. So Samuel Beckett has about five biographies, for example. So by the time you've read all those five <laughs> biographies and all his collected letters, you've seen all his plays, you know, you, you, you've given them quite well. 
and you feel that okay I've, I've got him but when there's when there's nothing it is it's much more challenging yeah I mean if I was if I was giving advice to a to a, a writer starting out I would tell them not to do not to do anything like that at all ever <laughs> certainly, not, certainly not for a first book <laughs> now um the Joyce Girl was, you know, very well received and kickstarted your career as a writer. Now you've had a couple of novels since. Um, can you tell us about what you've worked on uh, since the publication of your first book? Yeah. So since then, I've written two more novels. One's just been one was published a year ago in the UK, and it's now being published. In fact, this week it's published in Italy and France. And next week it's published in Turkey and Hungary. So that's sort of doing the rounds. And that was the story of the woman who was the sort of the inspiration for Lady Chatterley and the woman who married D.H. Lawrence, the writer, uh, the author of Lady Chatterley's Lover. So that was all about her uh, leaving her three children in sort of 1912, that sort of just before the First World War. She left her family and, and ran off with Lawrence. So that was, that was her story. Then I just finished after that a story about a book about an English, an English cooker writer, the first, very first. She was, she was the woman, she was the precursor to Mrs. Beaton. I don't know if you know anything about uh, the history of food writers. Mrs. Beaton was the famous recipe collector, but she stole all of this woman's recipes. I've done a book on her. I've also written a health book, and I've just finished the first draft of a book about women who uh, walked very long distances in very sort of remote places in, in the past. So, yeah, so, so Lucia Joyce really, yeah, she, um, she's kick-started a whole new career. I owe her a lot. Well, very good. And and the reason that we've been talking today is, you know, even though this book has been published in the UK and, and elsewhere in Europe for a while, uh, The Joyce Girl is going to newly be published here in the United States coming up in June, I believe. Yes, next week, actually. June the 2nd. June the 2nd. And I'm, I'm really pleased because the really interesting thing about researching 1920s Paris, 1920s Paris is full of Americans. So uh, there's a lot of interest, I think, in, in Hemingway and Fitzgerald and a lot of the, the big names. But Lucia moved in a slightly different circle. I mean, she knew she danced with the same dance teacher as uh, Zelda Fitzgerald. And uh, Hemingway would go and have dinner at her, at her house with her father. So she, she knew the whole American expat crowd. But the Irish community were, were not expats. They were exiles. So they never had that sense that they could go home. They had left all their family and friends knowing that they would probably never see them again. Whereas of course Fitzgerald and Hemingway is always a bit more sort of party-ish, you know, they can always go home if they want. Um, as a yeah, yeah, you get the sense they're just over there having fun. They're having fun. Whereas the Irish are, are grappling with something, you know, they're grappling with that whole Irish uh, Catholicism that they're, they're absolutely soaked in and they're trying so hard to shake off. And often they can't. One of the, the themes that runs through um, the Joyce Girl is, is so Lucia is very much this modern woman because she hasn't grown up in, in Catholic Ireland, but her parents have. So although she's being very uh, radical and pioneering with her, with her dancing, you know, that was really shocking to her parents who just couldn't quite throw off, you know, the Pope. They couldn't throw off the sense that the Pope was looking over their, looking over their shoulder. Uh, so they have that, there's that tension that didn't exist, I felt didn't exist in the, the whole, the American sort of expat scene in Paris. Um, so, so that was, yeah, that was very much a different, a different approach. 
But I mean, yeah, it was such a, a great city, such a wild time to be there. And, and part of the reason for writing the book was I was stuck at home with my, you know, my four little kids and all my elderly parents. <laughs> and we couldn't, really, we couldn't really go anywhere. So um, I did travel a lot in the end. Uh, so I just thought, you know, where do I want to go in my head? And in my head, I thought 1920s Paris, you know, all that fun, all of those bars and cafes and jazz clubs and that freedom. So I sort of went there in my head for three years and it was, it was, uh, it was very, it was almost like taking a holiday, which I think is what we're all doing now, isn't it? In, in lockdown, you know, we're having, it's sort of in our head, we're imagining places we want to go, places where we'd rather be right now. And, uh, and thank God we can do that. Yeah, certainly. I've, I've been reading a lot more uh, during this just to kind of be out in the world without actually being out in the world. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, is, is to be out in the world, isn't it? Even if it's sort of imaginatively out in the world and uh, not just in our, in our houses. All right. Well, uh, Annabelle, this is um, a, a very complex and compelling character set in a very fun and exciting era. Um, if someone wanted to pick up a copy of The Joyce Girl or learn more about you and your work, where can they go? Oh, well, I have a, well, if they want to know about me, I have a, a website, which is www.annabelleabs, which is A-N-N-A-B-E-L-A-S.com. And I think the book uh, can be bought in, uh, I don't know if your bookshops are open yet, but the book can be bought in bookshops or uh, uh, borrowed from libraries or bought on the usual online um, uh, outlets. Um, so yeah, I think it should be everywhere from the 2nd of June. And uh, you know, I'd love people to read it and, and tell me what they think and whether it's changed their perception of Paris or made them want to go there or you know, anything really. It's always great to get feedback, isn't it? All right. Well, Annabelle, thank you very much for taking the time to tell us about your book and your research today. Well, thank you, Kevin, and have a, have a great evening.